with on-demand talk shows 24-7. I feed. This is TalkZone.com. It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, it's John Hopkins University with some sobering information. 13% of Americans have kidney disease. There'll be a lot of dialysis out there. Well, it's what we do on a regular basis. We open up the phone lines. We invite you to join us. Uh, our regular discussion about science-based nutrient supplementation. We're in the midst of a series all about digestive support. Research scientist, clinician, and author, Dr. Luke Bucci, is our guide today to enzymes from germs. We're going to be talking about, uh, of course, good germs, probiotics, aiding digestion, all your questions uh, about how to optimize your digestion and, of course, your immune system using some of those good germs with Dr. Luke Bucci joining us right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, if you've been standing at the refrigerator lately wondering why am I here or wondered about your car keys or your cell phone, Interesting editorial. The uh, title caught my eye in today's uh, New York Times op-ed page, Exercise on the Brain. Two noted uh, uh, research uh, editors, uh, editor-in-chief of Nature Neuroscience and the associate professor of molecular biology and neuroscience at Princeton University, uh, have authored a, a book that's soon to be published, Welcome to Your Brain. Why You Lose Your Car Keys But Never Forget How to Drive and Other Puzzles of Everyday Life. And they talk about the fact that we have a booming business. This year we're going to spend $80 million in brain exercise products, um, up dramatically from just $2 million just uh, two years ago. And um, why... There is much excitement from a, from a marketing hype standpoint um, to, to call these computer programs and other ways to improve brain, brain performance science-based is um, uh, not to be confused, according to these authors, with actually proven by science. What they found um, is that um, for people whose work is unstimulating, the, the fact that a single brain exercise program late in life can act as a quick fix for general mental function just has, has no science to back it up. But there is one form of training that has been shown to maintain as well as improve brain health. It is physical exercise. And in humans, we know exercise improves executive function. Executive function is um, processing speed, response speed, working memory, uh, the type of memory you need to remember a house number while you're walking from, uh, from the car to a party. Executive function, basic mental functions. Executive function starts to decline when we're in our 70s 
and it's strongly associated with a reduced risk of dementia if you exercise late in life. People who exercise regularly in middle age are one-third as likely to get Alzheimer's in their 70s as those who do not exercise. And even people who begin exercising in their 60s reduce their risk of dementia by 50%. That exercise slows the age-related shrinkage of our frontal cortex that is essential for executive function. It also increases the number of of tiny blood vessels, capillaries in the brain. Um, It also helps the brain by improving heart health and causes the release of growth factors. In fact, we have more human growth uh, uh, factors, human growth hormone, if we exercise more. So you can spend your money, $80 million this year, on puzzles and games and computer programs to improve your brain's health when the science is there to support exercise mental and physical exercise does make a difference well you probably saw her on the evening news or read about it or heard it Dr. Julie Geberding head of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention telling members of Congress why everyone is wringing their hands that there are bad bugs afoot out there no one should panic Because uh, given the fact that it takes close contact uh, on a football field with open scrapes, uh, not bandaging cuts, uh, rolling on a wrestling match, sharing uh, towels and razors uh, in a hospital situation where there is cross-contamination, soap and water, the cheapest intervention we have and one of the most effective. So why everybody is now... Oh, my goodness, MRSA. Hygiene, not school closure, is perhaps the best staff defense, according to the head of the Centers for Disease Control. And, of course, we've had Dr. Stuart Levy, who teaches at Tufts. He's head of a major center of microbiology there and head of the physicians for the responsible use of antibiotics, saying just exactly the same thing. We must wash our hands with warm, soapy water multiple times a day. It does make a difference, even for the bad bugs, MRSA. Whether well, a leading manufacturer of science-based medical foods, they have now as, uh, announced, excuse my tongue, in the Canadian Journal of Physiology and Pharmacology, a scientific paper on a novel combination of certain naturally occurring chemical compounds in hops and rosemary for inflammatory conditions. It's a all-natural anti-inflammatory derived from hops. And whether you have inflammation in your joints, in your immune system, that is uh, setting the stage for more cancer or heart disease, we know there are many reasons to uh, modulate inflammation The good fats make a difference, and if you need a little extra, well, now, thanks to the Canadian Journal of Physiology and Pharmacology, a a double-blind placebo-controlled study uh, will be published all about some of the naturally occurring plant chemicals from hops and rosemary and olive leaf, inhibiting the formation of the hormone-like chemical that is produced by our bodies in response to pain. 
So don't think you can, uh, don't think it's the take home message is you can get enough hops from beer <laughs> to be anti inflammatory. But we'd like to think that. Well, it's a combination of bioflavonoids. What are those? Uh, those are, uh, naturally occurring nutrients like quercetin, uh, from, uh, red onions, um, and, and other uh, sources, uh, uh, from citrus fruit. And tocotrienols, that's our unique member of the vitamin E family, found primarily from rice or palm oil. The combination of which, bioflavonoids, in this case from citrus fruits, tocotrienols, the, the vitamin E family from palm, in a published study from a Canadian university indicating total cholesterol went down, LDL, I mean, this is amazing. A 12-week double-blind placebo-controlled trial, total cholesterol dropped 30%. That's as much (laughs) as what the statin drugs do. LDL went down 29%, triglycerides by 34%, and the HDL went down with a combination of bioflavonoids and trochotrienols. This is just amazing. Because, of course, we know there are no uh, prescription agents that have this type of success. Total reduction in cholesterol, 30%. Total reduction in LDL, 29%. So that's almost uh, 30%. Triglycerides, 34%. Raising uh, uh, HDL. In fact, uh, the improvement in the LDL to HDL uh, ratio was a whopping 29% with a combination of two nutrients according to uh, a university, Canadian University study. Well, I don't know what they're suggesting. McMaster University in Ontario, uh, they published in today's New England Journal of Medicine that for those premature babies, and we have uh, too many premature babies in this country, high doses of caffeine reduce their risk of serious disability. Of course, we know caffeine affects blood flow. We have damage to small blood vessels uh, because of, of brain injury, because of being born prematurely. Of course, there are other things other than caffeine therapy that can boost preemie's outcome. But interesting, they found that uh, caffeine, this was a double-blind placebo-controlled study, the amount of six cups of coffee a day reduced the risk of serious disabilities, including cerebral palsy. Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today. It's our series on digestive health. We invite you to join us on Healthy Talk Radio. Answers to questions you can't solve with a pill. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Dr. Luke Bucci will be joining us at the Bondi Hour. We're uh, continuing an ongoing series of uh, science-based nutrient supplementation discussions. And as always, uh, you are not only invited to listen and learn, but to pick up the phone and join us at 1-800-307-3002. We're in the midst uh, of a series for this month about digestive support. Last week we talked about digestive enzymes. Today we'll talk about enzymes from good germs, enzymes from probiotics, uh, what they are and what they do. And you're invited to join us. If you have a question um, or a challenge, you want to ask Dr. Luke Bucci a question, 1-800-307-3002. 
Ooh, it's a little more piece of the puzzle about these TNF, tissue uh, necrosis factor, which is a prescription that affects the immune function. TNF blockers apparently promote hardening the arteries in rheumatoid arthritis patients. This is um, all published in the Annals of Rheumatic Diseases. They took a look on the long-term effects of this prescription therapy, these anti-TNF therapy, the TNF blockers on blood fats and heart disease risk factors. And because it was unknown, um, they recruited rheumatoid arthritis patients and control patients. So all the patients were studied uh, for six months and then uh, another group for up to a year. Of course, we would like to think that people (laughs) follow up these patients a lot longer than just a year finding that um, a year after the start of the therapy, there was an increase in total cholesterol, increase in LDL cholesterol, and an increase in plaque formation in patients taking these uh, anti-TNF factor therapy drugs. So, you know, important consideration when you take a look at a medication. These are new medications, um, i.e., we don't know the long-term side effects. Now learning that they may promote um, more cholesterol, more LDL, the bad form of cholesterol, and more formation of plaque as well. Well, it's known as the royal fruit because just from a physical standpoint, it has a crown on top. And now UCLA... Uh, researchers are presenting information that pomegranate is the ideal platform to investigate the impact of exotic fruit on human health and disease. UCLA has uh, uh, done some very interesting research on pomegranate, uh, for example, finding that a simple glass a day has profound positive effect on people who have prostate cancer. It's a rich source of antioxidants. Um, It has actually been linked to slowing cartilage loss in arthritis, uh, linked to improved heart health, uh, that the fruit actually protects against prostate cancer, that there are particular compounds in pomegranate which account for uh, uh, the fruit's antioxidant ability, ideal for nutritional prevention that uh, it's a natural antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, showing that it could uh, double the time it takes for PSA to increase uh, in prostate cancer patients to 58 months, all from nature. Isn't that interesting? Well, there are many out there who say, why did it take them so long that the FDA panel back in 1972 pointed out that many of the -the over-the-counter cold and cough and flu remedies for children have never been tested in medicine. Well, the FDA saw no need to actually uh, engage in uh, supporting, encouraging, even requiring the study, and billions of doses of childhood cold remedies are sold each and every year to people who don't know that. So now the revelation, thanks to Food and Drug Administration panel, that cold medicines should not be used in children younger than six. There was a move uh, because uh, children six to 11 
are at risk as well because there's no evidence, uh, no science to back up the fact that these cold medicines work in older children as well. So an official from the American Academy of Pediatrics has been openly quoted as saying cold medicines don't work and children under the age of six may be dangerous to their health. So what are you going to do? Of course, there is a great body of evidence to suggest that plant-based medicine, herbs, great book on herbs in children, Dr. Linda White, a medical doctor, great books on homeopathic remedies, very safe remedies by noted homeopathic practitioners like Dana Ullman and others, tell us that there are bona fide alternatives when it comes to the use of remedies for childhood colds and flu that can make a difference. Well, it's research at a University of Reading taking a look at certain chemicals found in samples from human breast tumors. We're talking about parabens and a growing concern is afoot about the possible health effects of parabens, whether it's methylparaben, ethylparaben, propyl, benzyl, butyl parabens, they are cheap and effective preservatives that hamper the growth of bacteria and fungus. Um, they have certainly enabled modern practices of manufacturing personal care products um, to have these products shipped thousands of miles from, uh, from where they will be sold. But these parabens mimic the effects of estrogen in the body. They have now been detected in breast tumors. And we now find that parabens pass through the skin when they are present in personal care products like shampoos or skin cream. In fact, a Danish study has found that when paraben cream was, was uh, spread on the backs of healthy men, that this chemical paraben showed up in their blood samples in mere hours. So there is no doubt that parabens do get into the human body intact from the personal care products that we use and why there's no proof yet that parabens cause cancer. There is growing concern that it does have a hormone effect, hormonal effect, and that because we find these parabens in breast cancer tumors, perhaps we should err on the side of caution. Well, it uh, appeared today at Medscape WebMD, genetic guidance of warfarin dosing shows promise, that one of the banes of every patient who is prescribed either warfarin or Coumadin as a blunt thinning medication is the fact that they continue to have to have uh, multiple blood studies done to make sure that they're not uh, increasing their bleeding times past the, the safe level. They have now found uh, certain genetic susceptibility in terms of how people respond to warfarin. And with many uh, uh, physicians saying, we need to find something safer than warfarin or Coumadin. It does increase uh, the risk of bleeding. Uh, that can increase uh, the risk of, of bleeding strokes. Um, it is certainly linked to an acceleration of plaque buildup thanks to the vitamin K deficiency that is created by the use of Coumadin or Warfarin. 
So now the American Heart Association has heard research at the University of Utah that people who are prescribed warfarin should undergo this new genetic testing because if it's not administered um, uh, accurately, that the risk might outweigh the benefit. So the genetic guidance of warfarin dosing showing promise according to University of Utah researchers. We're going to return to talk with a noted research scientist. He's also a healthcare clinician and author, Dr. Luke Bucci. There's a series this month on digestive support today, enzymes from the good germs. We'll talk about probiotics aiding your digestion. We invite your questions, 800-307-3002. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but it might just be good for your health. This segment with Dr. Luke Bucci is being sponsored by Schiff, the brand consumers have trusted for 70 years and the maker of Schiff Super Enzymol. Our topic, we're in the midst of a monthly series all about digestive support. Last week we took took up all about the enzymes relating to digestion. Today we'll talk about enzymes from some good germs, from probiotics with a noted research scientist. He's the director of research at Shift Nutrition, uh, a noted clinician and author in this arena as well. He's Dr. Luke Bucci who joins us today. Luke, hello and welcome. Good morning, Deborah. Well, I marveled last month the gastroenterologist. Their annual meeting had a symposium about probiotics. Uh, just uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, the pedia- uh, pediatricians uh, at their annual uh, conference had a symposium about probiotics. Sounds like uh, doctors are, are really taking notice of these good germs, uh, Luke. Oh, yes, yes, finally, too, because you just can't ignore them. They're there. They're part of you. They're they're a little complicated to study scientifically, and I think that's what's kind of set the awareness of them back. But they've been around longer than we have, and really you can't live without them pretty much. It, you just can't digest as much of your food as you normally should, and it's because they have enzymes we don't have. Uh-huh. And, and, and they're, they're, I think they're symbiotic would be the right word, that you, you, you help them, they help you. And so- you're right that that American Pediatric Conference Symposium was uh, scheduled, uh, sponsored by Nestle. So the food companies are going to start driving good bacteria into our diets and into our consciousness. And, of course, there's, there's many reasons to back that up. We've had a cultural conditioning of many decades that you know, all bacteria are bad, um, you know, that the golden age of medicine with antibiotics uh, could cure and uh, we saw an overuse, abuse of antibiotics. We saw farm animal use of antibiotics, which put them in our water supply system and uh, uh, in food sources uh, from these uh, farm animals raised with antibiotics. Um, you know, give, give us an overview because we find, what is it, 700 species of bacteria uh, in our mouths alone. And with the recent uh, uh, analysis that we are microbial beings, walk us through exactly what probiotics do uh, regarding our digestive support, please, Luke. Wow, it's it's more like what do they not do? <laughs> okay. But they actually 
live in the little folds, the microscopic folds in your gut. Remember I said that your small intestine has the surface area of a tennis court if you flattened it out. Well, that is candy-coated with a layer of, guess what, gut bacteria. And your colon especially has a very thick layer of, of bacteria on top of its folds in its surface area. So, and not to mention what's just hanging around in the middle. So that that's how important these things are. They're there. They're they're the weight of your brain. They outnumber your own cells ten to one. They're always constantly living and dying, and it's very dynamic. And what you do eat does influence it. In fact, one of those uh, one of these latest studies found out that if uh, they did this in mice and they looked at people and found the same thing, that if you have obese mice or obese people on a junk food diet, you get different kinds of gut bacteria. And these different kinds of gut bacteria are better at extracting calories from foodstuffs, especially the things that you can't normally digest, things like uh, different kinds of fats and fibers, for example. So, in other words, yeah, your gut bacteria do play a role in whether you're uh, too big or just right. And interestingly, when they take mice without any gut bacteria and they give them the bacteria from the obese mice, they get fat. And they give them bacteria from the skinny mice and they don't get fat. So, it's turning out that our gut bacteria are more than just there to help chew up things and keep us keep our immune system healthy. It actually is influencing our whole metabolism. I mean, that's a that's a big ticket, and that's what people don't realize is that they are just as important as your liver, just as important as your own gut, and they determine what you absorb and what goes into you. You know that old adage: "You are what you eat," or "You are what you sure. digest," or sure. "You are what you absorb." Well, you also what your gut bacteria want too. Now, all the nutritionally oriented practitioners that I've had the great good fortune of working with over the year uh, uh, have an interest uh, from time to time in functional analysis to see just where people stand in terms of that balance of flora in their in their gut. Your insight here, please, Luke. Yes, yes, I, I was trained in that and, and helped train others in that. I think it's so 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 important. Um, if there's things going on that you just can't explain, or if you have a hard time getting healthy, no matter what, no matter what it is, including weight loss, that you need to start looking at what's in your gut. You probably don't have the right kinds of gut bacteria in there. And uh, really, we're designed to have these from the moment we, we hatch or pop out of the womb, however you want to say it, the moment we're born. Breast milk has bifidobacteria. It's one of the three major kinds of bacteria normally present in humans. And that's where we're inoculated right off the bat. But what's been happening? We've been using formulas lately. Well, you can't keep live bacteria in formulas and ship it around and expect it to work. So I think, uh, and, and uh, professors over at major medical schools of pediatrics agree that our sterilized food, our lack of the right probiotics early in life from breast milk is part of what's going on with the super increase in asthma and allergies in children, not to mention the childhood obesity. It's all linked to our gut bacteria. So that's that's why I think it's important to at least start them up. But if something's not going right, then you do want to seek a practitioner that can do 
these functional tests because a lot of those little molecules they're measuring come from your gut bacteria. Sure, sure. And, of course, I'm sure along the way, <laughs> just like the 95% of kids, by the time they reach the age of five, will have had an, antibi- had an ear infection treated by an antibiotic. There are things that we do on a daily basis, uh, not realizing how it can affect uh, these these good bacteria, these essential good bugs, Luke. Tell us more. Oh, I, you know, I think it's one of those uh, funny things that we take our gut bacteria for granted and we actually loathe and despise them because they're associated with feces and that's a, we're told right off the bat that that's a no-no, you don't mess with those things, that stuff. So we, we ignore it and, and researchers ignore it, uh, doctors ignore it, scientists ignore it. Because it's always there and it's something you're trained not to mess with, not to deal with. But I, that's changing. We have, there's new tools for science now. This genetic uh, revolution, or at least look, being able to look at the DNA, is now finding which germs we have, what ratios, what types, and, and how they change. They actually can mutate slightly themselves over time. And that is influenced by what you eat. You eat a junk food diet, you're going to change your gut bacteria to be less healthy. It kind of all snowballs. So that's why people that do lead a healthy lifestyle with, with exercise, which releases acids into the gut that help promote good bacteria, uh, that's why these healthy lifestyle things kind of magnify and protect you from everything. Because if you don't absorb the right ingredients, the right nutrients, and you have the wrong bacteria in your gut putting out actual toxins and poisons, you're 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 going to have ill health. There's no two ways about it. And whatever your weak link is, it'll show up. You get colds and flus. You get infections. You get heart disease. You get diabetes. You get overweight. The list goes on. So knowing that you know we we get antibiotics from our water supply system, <laughs> we uh, of course stress uh, has has a role to play as, as well. Uh, you know birth control pills, um, um, steroids uh, for those people listening with asthma or inflammatory conditions, uh, all affect that. Uh, what do we need to know in terms of what can we do to help keep that healthy balance of 85% good to 15% bad bacteria in our guts, Luke? Right. Well, that's the good news is that you, you can do this at home, and that is supplementation with the probiotics and even the prebiotics. Uh, the probiotics are actual living bacteria, and they're widely available as dietary supplements. We're starting to see them added to uh, other foods like yogurts and uh, fermented milks, which have been traditional part of diets for centuries. So we're starting to see more attention paid to putting the right bacteria in foods, and they always have been here in supplements. So I kind of, uh, not kind of, I definitely think that a probiotic, prebiotic supplement is a foundation of daily uh, nutrition. I mean, just like people think, oh, I need a one-a-day, a multi to take care of all my vitamins and minerals. Well, that's fine, but uh, if you have the wrong gut bacteria, you're not going to get the full benefit of even a healthy diet and enough vitamins and minerals. You want to make sure that you're constantly making sure your gut is in the best shape possible, and that's via supplementation with things like lactobacillus species, the bifidobacteria. That's pretty much what the majority of products you're going to find. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're all good. They all work uh, as long as you notice a difference when you start taking them or notice a, a bad difference if you stop taking them, then you know they're doing something good. 
it's one of those things you just need to do all the time because, like you said, we're exposed to all kinds of things that changes our gut flora, our diet changes, antibiotics, hormones, medicines, etc., stress. So you want to, you have to make sure there's a steady supply of the good bugs so that they will predominate and outpopulate the ones you don't want because those are always around too. But uh, that's why supplementation, I think, is super important to keep up all of health, keep up your entire health. So there are ones that require refrigeration, ones that do not, ones that are the acidophilus strains, ones that are the bifida strains, the one that um, that are the combination products. There's those that claim the millions of cultures, uh, and you mentioned you know pre as well as uh, uh, probiotic products. Right. What are the tips in terms of choosing wisely, Luke? Boy, that, you know, it's one of those things that. You really can't go wrong, but you can uh, go crazy trying to figure out the, the details. Uh, I really think that the lactobacillus of, of any kind is important, but uh, to split that hair a little further, there's certain kinds of lactobacillus that are called um, colonizers, and there's certain ones that are called transients. So the colonizers will stick around for a long time, even after you stop getting them into you. The transients will disappear as soon as a few days after you stop taking them. So the lactobacillus acidophilus seems to be one of the colonizers so that they do stick around and have benefits and uh, long after if, if you have to stop taking them. Uh, the other ones do just the same thing, but if you stop taking them, then you're going to be out of luck. So the bifidobacteria supplements, I think, are also important, and you can do that via supplements. They're a little more expensive than the lactobacilli type of supplements because they're a different kind of germ and they're harder to grow and cultivate. But that's where the prebiotics come in, these fibers like inulin or fructooligosaccharides, which have uh, fortunately been abbreviated as FOS. And there's a variety of those. They are a, a kind of a sweet-tasting fiber that you can't digest, but the friendly germs can and the unfriendly germs cannot. So really, they're completely stable because they're not alive. They're just food stuff, and they specifically feed your bifidobacteria as well as the lactobacillus. So uh, you usually do have some bifido in there, so if you start taking a prebiotic, you're going to ramp up that kind of bacteria. So I think it's getting to the point now where you're going to have to fix both kinds of friendly bacteria, the bifidos and the lactobacilli. And I think that, that we're seeing the choice coming down to adding an lactobacillus supplement and then usually uh, the best bet is a prebiotic for the bifido. Now, if you can find all that combined, great. If you find a bifido and a lactobacillus combination, I think that's a good idea. So uh, there's many, many products now. There's going to be more and more products as this becomes more important and better perceived by consumers. And I think the choices are going to be just uh, astronomical, but that's the guideline. You want a lactobacillus, and you want to help your bifidobacteria out, either by actually supplementing them or using a prebiotic. Now, you know, because this has become, as you say, very much mainstream, uh, particularly from a, from a product marketing standpoint, although it's becoming certainly mainstream from, from a medical standpoint as, as, as well, um, you know, 
what do we need to know in terms of, of marketing hype? Because there are those who claim that you have to refrigerate. I mean, you have to take a look at the millions of cultures. Um, you know, is there any type of, of certification, or should we, you know, take a look at at good manufacturers and, and ask for science about those particular products, Luke? Well, that's a very good point because that's what we all have to do is go out in the shelf and see what we have. There, there's no authority that's going to say this is good, this is not good. Everybody's going to say what they want to make their product look better. I mean, I do it for our products, other companies do it for their products, and food companies do it too. Uh, really, I think the best way to go, again, is just to stick with a major brand in major retailers or even health, or especially health food stores that you uh, frequent and trust because uh, those companies have a lot at stake. They can't mess it up, so to speak. And the suppliers of these germs, they have to make these things continuously because you can't store them. You can't put it in a warehouse and draw off of it for a few years. No, no, no. So there's so many different strains, and there's been so much research, and you can make these bacteria change quickly that you can get strains that are room temperature stable that don't need refrigeration. Luke so refrigeration is a little little more uh, I'm getting out of vogue now. Back with more Dr. Luke Bucci on Healthy Talk Radio. If you think macrobiotic is a computer virus, you need Healthy Talk Radio. Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today, the Vice President of Research for Shifa Nutrition. Uh, we're talking about digestive support, today focusing on enzymes from good bacteria, probiotics, 1-800-307-3002, in case you'd like to, to join us. And you mentioned you know, when you start to take a product, experiencing a difference. What, what do we experience when we take probiotics product, Luke? Okay, well... Uh, you, this may be hard to believe, but you actually have better bowel habit patterns. In other words, you can actually make your stool smell a little better, which, uh, so yep, it does smell better than somebody else's. Uh, that's kind of interesting. You get less bloating, less gas. Uh, you feel better after a meal. You might even feel a little warmer even, which means your metabolism is working better. Uh, so you, there's subtle changes, and to some people there are dramatic changes. But you also, I think, you have more resistance to uh, the occasional bouts of constipation or diarrhea. That's well documented with having the right kinds of germs and probiotics in your gut. So there, there are these things that we don't like to discuss in public, but that's what your listeners need to know. So if you don't notice your, your stool becoming better, you know, relatively better, of course, then maybe it's not potent enough or it's the wrong germ for you. And that's why I like to have people try out whatever they think is looks right to them. And if they don't see some positive changes in their digestive symptoms and digestive habits or normal day-to-day patterns, right. uh, then you need to try another one because you want to have uh, better, fresher-smelling stools, for example, less bloating, less gas, less discomfort after meals, actually no discomfort after meals, and a good gut transit time, you know, mouth to other end in about 12 hours or so. A little faster is okay, but if you start going over 24 hours, you're going to need some more probiotics. And, of course, with that uh, that gastroenterology meeting uh, suggesting that even things like irritable bowel syndrome is an upset in the balance of flora in our gut, the fact that these are probably going to be used therapeutically by medicine as they have been by nutritional medicine is interesting, Luke. Oh, most definitely. We're going to see that uh, become standard therapy, but 
the thing I like most about probiotics is that uh, they work in infants and in children and are especially important in, in these age groups because their guts are still forming and still growing and still getting the right kinds of bacteria. So if you start off somebody's gut with the right bacteria, wow, they're going to be healthier from day one. And that's something I think that uh, the pediatricians are now recognizing, and this is becoming extraordinarily important in third-world countries. So I, these things you can give to children. You can even give to very young people, too. Uh, it's normally supposed to be there. It, it's really a right way to start somebody's life off. Well, great information as always, and uh, certainly uh, um, always a pleasure to have you join us. Luke, great job. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today, the Vice President of Research for Shift Nutrition. If you listened and had any other questions, there is a website, shiftvitamins.com, that will tell you more. I'm Deborah A. reminding you to live long, stay healthy.